0: Morning. This podcast frequently contains potentially triggering violent and graphic content. Listener discretion is highly advised. Hello again, Nightmare Society. Gather round for another episode of true horror stories. A big welcome to our newest member of the online campfire, Mello. We're so glad to have you, and thank you for the support. At patreon.com slash nightmare society, you can join in for as little as a dollar a month. We have different levels of membership and different perks for each, so if you're interested, be sure to check it out. And of course, a huge thanks to our contributors, user Plutonium Horse, user Von Kita, and user Picture This Sicily, who were nice enough to share their stories with us tonight. Thank you so much, guys. Now, get comfy and prepare yourself for another episode of The Nightmare Society. took place two years ago I was driving to work a five-hour drive it was already dark about three hours of driving I started to get tired I bought myself a coffee and some snacks at a gas station and continued on but snacks and coffee can only keep you awake for so long and I started to feel tired again this part of the road was nothing but thick dark pinewood forest around me No other cars on the road. Nothing. Only insects smashing my windshield now and then on an empty road. I was now extremely tired and at one point I nearly drove off the road, almost falling asleep. I have to sleep now. I can't wait for a gas station. I need to stop as soon as I see a place where I can park my car. Anything. When I'm tired, I fall asleep really fast. If I'm tired enough, I can fall asleep in the middle of a sentence when I'm talking. So it's a bit urgent for me to find a place where I can stop. It felt like an hour, but probably only five minutes go by and I spot this little pocket in the road. It's like a parking space for quick stops, like using the restroom, switching drivers or stuff like that, not even a real resting area. I stopped there, lowered my windows, and checked to see if I hear any weird noises. Total silence. I turn up the windows again. Nothing bad is gonna happen. I haven't seen a car for like 30 minutes. The road is empty. If someone is checking out my car, I bet it's the cops checking on me if I'm alright. I leave my keys in the ignition and lock the doors, just to be safe. I adjust my seat a little bit to make it more comfortable to sleep in and take off my shoes and put them on the passenger seat on the right. It's so nice to close my eyes and I instantly fall asleep. I don't know why, but something wakes me up. I can't really see anything. Some kind of bright lights hit me in the eyes. First, I thought it was a flashlight, but then I realized it was high beams from another car in my rearview mirror, blinding me. I look in my left mirror and I see a dude walking up beside my car. Maybe he wants help with something? Should I make it clear to him that I'm in here? He is right beside my left back door now. Should I step out and ask what he's doing? I didn't have to. This guy proceeds to jerk and pull on my left back door. I almost crapped my pants when I realized that he's trying to force his way into my car. My seat is adjusted for me to lay down and I pushed it back max. I can't reach the pedals which makes it impossible for me to drive my car. I slam the car horn and it breaks the silence with a roar and the dude jumps. That gives me about two seconds to push my seat up to reach the pedals, but it's still way out of adjustment, so I'm kind of pulling myself up to the steering wheel because my seat is laying flat and not supporting my back. Anyway, I start my car and drive off with a cloud of smoke from my screeching tires. It's hard driving a car with nothing holding up your upper body, but I managed. As I leave, I look in the rearview mirror and I can see how the guy is just standing there looking at me. And then I can see two more guys coming up beside him. What I can see in the silhouette of their beams, one of them has something in his hand, like a wrench or a crowbar. I drove super fast, way over the speed limit. My whole body was trembling with adrenaline and fear. I drove like that for like 30 minutes. Then I stopped at a gas station to fix my seat and put my shoes on again. I figured out I was only sleeping for like 10 minutes. Well, I didn't have to sleep until I got to my destination, which is surrounded by heavy duty fencing and the building has an alarm. I told my boss the next day, and he said they actually have problems with what we call in Sweden road pirates criminals that force you to stop on the road and rob you of everything including your car in that specific area it could just be three nice guys that wanted to check if I was okay then why didn't they just knock on my driver window the thing in his hand could have been a big flashlight but you never know be safe For those of you following us on Instagram, I will be posting a photo that the uh, contributor submitted showing the roadside and exactly what it looked like. It's pretty creepy. And for those of you over on our Patreon, it will have been shared in the uh, public feed. So keep an eye out. Close to 10 years ago, my best mate and I scored the deal of the century. Liv and her parents recently purchased and refurbished home for cheap as chips rent, so the property wasn't considered unoccupied and their insurance still covers it. They were planning on selling their house in the country and moving closer to town in a year, but when they spotted this place, it was perfect, so they snapped it up they couldn't be bothered with dealing with rando tenants for a year so we were offered it it was a lovely old mid-victorian style house with a hallway running the majority of the length on the left side and three bedrooms and a bathroom coming off that hallway to the right at the back of the house was an open plan living room and kitchen in a backyard it was an inner Melbourneian suburb So it was totally fenced in with six foot fences on three sides and the front had a cutesy white picket fence. On the right side of the property, an outdoor gravel pathway was wedged beside the bedroom walls and the fence line. It began with a gate in the front yard and ran the length of the property to the backyard. This is important later. My mate obviously scored the master bedroom at the front with lovely vertically opening bay windows facing the front garden and the street. I had the next bedroom with a window facing the gravel path fence area, and the third bedroom was our study. We lived here for close to ten months in bliss. Great house, great company, and even though the area was considered a little dicey, the location was stellar. One hot summer's night we said our goodnights and I hit the hay and zonked out immediately. My housemate stayed up in bed to read for a bit with just her bedside light on. She was doing that for just over an hour before she heard a weird (coughs) on the front window of her bedroom. Initially she put it down to an overhanging tree branch until she realized there was no overhanging tree branch. She sat there frozen, in fear, blankly staring at her book for what felt like an eternity, until she heard the noise again, and then again. Slowly looking up, she saw a guy, wearing a hoodie, trying to open her window. Looking her dead in the eyes, she screamed, jumped out of bed, and ran straight into my room. I woke up super dazed as she was pulling my hand and whisper yelling, you know the one, that someone was trying to break in. She had a tendency to be a little overdramatic sometimes, but I swear I've never seen someone look so genuinely terrified. I went to grab my phone to call the cops, but we just went completely still when we heard the distinct someone walking down the side path of the house we both rolled off my bed and onto the floor and went completely still the sound continued getting closer to my bedroom window I don't know what it is about the distinct sounds at night when it's otherwise quiet but it sounded deafening and then I realized why it was so loud My freaking window was wide open. I jumped up, slid the window down, and slammed the lock shut just as he reached the window. He looked at me, but he didn't react at all. He just calmly tried to open the window. But when he realized he couldn't, he continued down the pathway to the backyard. I was thoroughly crapping myself now and my housemate was sobbing on the floor looking up at me like a bunny about to be torn apart by a fox. I sprinted to the back door to thankfully find it locked and ran back to my room and called the cops. I don't know what the cops knew that we didn't, but they must have broken a land speed record to arrive all of three minutes later, lights and sirens off. Then we saw them go down the side path. Guns drawn straight to the backyard. There were some noises from the yard, then a knock at the back door a moment later, and the police identified themselves. Turns out the guy had vaulted the back fence, an impressive feat, and another patrol car was headed to the next street over to look for him. The two cops at our place asked if we were okay, then asked if they could come in and look around. The cops were honestly amazing. They managed to calm us down while making sure the place was safe and I was really impressed with how they handled the situation. I offered them a cuppa, which they politely declined as they took our statements and they asked if there was anyone we could stay with tonight. My housemate and I stayed at her boyfriend's place for a few nights after that and when we stayed in the house, it was never the same. We felt completely violated and ended up moving out a few weeks later. We never found out if the guy was caught, but there was a random stabbing a few nights after the incident at the train station two streets over. If it was related or not, I do not know, but all I can think is that we were so freaking lucky that it went the way that it did. I came over from Serbia at age 13 with my mother. My older brother who was 15 years older than me had lived in America for a few years and he sent for us. My mom wouldn't be staying although at the time I wasn't aware of that. Anyway we landed in New York City and the plan was my brother would come get us. However my niece decided to come early and my brother's wife went into labor shortly before we landed. My brother couldn't leave his wife so he asked a co-worker of his, they drove cabs, to pick us up in New York City and drive us to New Jersey where him and my sister-in-law lived. When we got to New York City we waited in customs for what seemed like forever. We looked for my brother but we didn't see him. This was the early 90s and cell phones weren't as commonplace and even if they were, my mom and I did not have one. We panicked a bit not seeing my brother or my sister-in-law. Suddenly we heard our names being called and saw a tall man. He introduced himself in perfect Serbian and explained he was a good friend of my brother's and then told us about the baby. He said he'd be driving us the two hours from the airport to my brother's home. My mom relaxed and they happily began to converse about the baby and my brother and America. I however just felt off this guy gave me bad vibes and regardless of my brother's friendship with him I felt distrustful of him we drove for a good hour and a half when he announced he was going to take us for breakfast we hadn't eaten in over 15 hours so we were starving by then we pulled up to a house and my mom and I were confused He insisted cheerfully that his wife was cooking us breakfast and after we would drive the rest of the way to the hospital to see my family. My mom shushed me when I whispered something didn't feel right and told me that we needed to be grateful for the hospitality. We were led up into the house. It was dark and dank and dirty. Suddenly I think my mom got a bit nervous and started insisting he take us to my brother. Suddenly, the guy grabbed my mom by the wrist and told her that he needed a wife to take care of him, and his house. And when he heard my brother tell the others at work she'd be coming to stay, he knew that he had found a wife. I, at the time, was a scrawny little scamp of a kid, and I tried pushing him off my mom, but he hit me so hard I saw stars. At this point, we were terrified. Neither of us spoke English. We only knew my brother's home number and he was at the hospital. Also in Serbia, you don't dial 911. So even if I could, I didn't know that that's how I would call the police. Anyway, he tells my mom she's to clean and cook for him and he takes me to the basement where I was locked in, what I know is now called the laundry room. I banged and cried and yelled, but it was so far down in the basement, everything was muffled. For a week, we were kept in his home. He would lock us up in the basement after my mom cooked him breakfast and he would let us out when he'd come home at four. If we had to use the restroom, there was a bathroom, but that was it. Just a bathroom and laundry room. It was freezing cold down there and even us huddling together under a blanket did nothing. One morning, I discovered a small window by climbing on some boxes. I managed to open it and my mother insisted I squeeze through it I didn't want to leave her and besides how would I get help if I couldn't read or speak the language however I didn't want us to live this way the rest of my life so I did as she asked I ran once I got out and I'm sure it was a sight a scrawny boy with no shoes only wearing shorts and a t-shirt in the middle of November however that is what saved us as several concerned neighbors tried to get me to come to them, and I wouldn't because I was terrified. I kept trying to get them to follow me. Finally, the police were called, and a very nice policeman tried to get me to get into his car. Then I saw the man who had taken us. He saw the cops and took off. That's when I made a run for his house to get my mom. Needless to say, the cop and his partner ran after me and my mom was rescued. It took another four hours for them to find someone who spoke our language for us to tell them what happened. A warrant was issued for the man. My brother was contacted. His friend had told him that we never showed up and my brother had been frantically calling back home in Serbia to find us. He drove up to get us and to give the cops information on his supposed friend so they could find him. They never did find him. Back then, before 9 11, it was easy for someone to disappear. However, it made me distrustful for a long time of people and their intentions. My mom grew homesick and she ended up going back to Serbia. I stayed and finished school. I ended up becoming a cop in the military, thanks to the nice officer that helped me all those years ago. I think of that guy who kept us prisoner every now and then. And honestly, I wouldn't mind meeting him now. I just don't think he'd want to meet me. Don't forget to follow us over on Instagram at Nightmare Society Radio. And feel free to check out the different options we have for membership over on patreon.com/slash nightmare society. Thank you so much for listening, and until next time. Sweet.